Good day, everyone. Hello. How are you all? This is the hour of, we call it, Community Echoes. This is Echo Wiley, and I'm in the chair alone today. Phyllis couldn't make it. She had some family stuff that she needed to get into, but uh, yeah, we're wishing her well and hope she can get back before the end of the hour. I got Steve sitting in the audio chair with me today, and we are speaking on residential tenancy issues, which are, of course, human rights issues. And we have... Elizabeth Zabitnoff on the line. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, good morning. Afternoon. Yes, it is afternoon. I'm used to being on in the morning myself, so I'm a little bit off a whack here. (laughs) So how are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm doing good. I'm excited to continue with the public awareness and talk about uh, navigating the system. This is great. That is absolutely fantastic that we're getting some help with it. And what we're talking about today is residential tenancy issues as well as human rights. So navigating residential tenancy can be quite uh, quite a problem. What what do you have uh, for help and tips for folks to be getting around this unfathomable mess of uh, government red tape. Yeah, um, definitely. We'll get into that. And I just wanted to say I am um, and just invite people that are interested in joining with us. Um, I am a part of an organized group called the Housing Alliance, which is groups a group of tenants with uh, living in um, what we're going to talk about and the experiences they're going through and banding together for trying to get the government to step in and and help with the stopping the renovations as well as getting people into safe housing and more support on advocacy and and navigating you know how to use the residential tenancy branch um, we also work uh, directly under and with the BC Human Rights Organization. Um, I am happy to say that we've been with them and working directly with them for just about a year now. And I do have their support here today and um, their permission to uh, speak on their behalf and their mandate. So I wanted to just say that again. I'm Elizabeth Sabitnoff and an advocate for tenants living in um, housing, whether it be subsidized social government housing or regular housing. So basically, you know, we had touched briefly the other day on navigating the residential tenancy branch. And, you know, when often when um, tenants receive an eviction, they just leave. They don't understand that there is an outlet out there for them to file with the residential tenancy branch and file a dispute. Um, you know, it can be a bit tedious, but it is pretty, I will say, it's a very good online system, and you can do it directly online, all of it, and it will walk you through. You can also have anyone, a friend, family member, anybody attend the hearing with you as well as uh, support you through advocacy. Um, one of the things I really wanted to mention is often people get a 10-day uh, notice of eviction because maybe they forgot to pay their rent. Uh, I think we've all been guilty of, oh, my gosh, it's the first, and oops. Um, if you receive that 10-day notice, it is important to know that if you pay in full, whether it be for a rent or utilities, which is the only thing that they can use a 10-day notice for landlords, if you pay within five days, that notice 
is no longer in place and the tenancy continues. It automatically um, ends the, the notice of eviction. So that's really important for people to know. Um, in terms of living in conditions with mold, or sorry, I'm going to touch one more thing on rent evictions um, before we move on to more of the safety uh, features with the tenancies. But when it comes to the rent evictions, legislation was passed uh, July 1st, 2021, that landlords who want to end tenancy for extensive repairs or renovations, they now must apply for an order of possession through the residential tenancy branch. And then what will happen is it will, the, the arbitrator will, they will schedule a dispute resolution hearing just like you would for any evictions or anything else and the tenant will be advised of that and then it is decided now whether you can you know that that eviction will go through by the arbitrator if the work can only be done by ending the tenancy or if there's a way around that which has been put in place to help stop these rent evictions, another sort of um, outlet for tenants. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think people realize it used to be just you get a four month notice and uh, for renovations and people just kind of took it and left. But they also have the avenue should, you know, the landlord not do it correctly and just give someone a four month notice. Um, they must prove that the landlord must prove that all permits are in place and they're breaking ground in that four months. And the tenant, um, if they haven't gotten notice of a dispute resolution, that means the landlord did not go by legislation and, and file with the residential tenancy branch for that hearing that is a must now. Yes, because the form is very important and there's quite a few time limits and mandates which also add to the confusion dealing with RTO. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's actually uh, a, a very difficult system to navigate with the uh, dates and knowing the day before, you know, you've got only so many days to appeal decisions that you have. As you said, most people don't even know that if they pay their rent within the five days, it's null and void. Um, right. I I was up against something that my landlord was trying to. I I'm uh, in a manufactured home park, so that's a whole other thing. Let's get it clear for folks here too that there are many different types of tenancies. There is residential tenancy. There's manufactured home park tenancy, and then we go into the you know stratas and the renting and all those types of things too. But what's super important to know is that a good thing to read is resident. Uh, in the residential tenancy is landlord and tenants' rights and responsibilities. That is one thing to look up on the internet to have a look at, and then you know where you stand. It explains things right down to the painting of the place. There are so many, um, like if you have textured walls on your 
uh, on your rental. It's the landlord's responsibility if you have flat-based walls to paint or repair uh, for the textured. It's the landlord's. And if it's flat-painted, it's the tenant's responsibility. So this thing describes all different types of of, uh, do's and don'ts with that as well. Yes, that as well as in it, there are guidelines and they are full pages of guidelines that coincide with the Residential Tenancy Act on each of these issues and it explains it in depth and what your rights are and what the rights of the landlord is and, and it is amazing and people don't realize that. And it is definitely on the Residential Tenancy Branch page. It does take a little bit of time to navigate. There is also a calculator online, which is if you receive a 10-day notice, a one-month notice, a two-month notice, or a four-month notice, it gives you the timeline for responding. You put in the date that you received the eviction. It tells you when you have to have your papers in by. Another really, really great, amazing resource that we have, it's called TRAC, capital T-R-A-C. And what that is, is the Tenant Resource and Advisory Center. There is actually advocates, um, sub lawyers on this site as well, um, and it gives you anything and everything you'd want to know about the Residential Tenancy Act and branch and how to navigate it and pass cases. There's a number on there to call. Um, it's really great. A lot of people aren't aware of that. That's awesome. Right on. Well, thank you for that information. Um, we're, we're pretty limited up here in the north. Um, you are from the lower mainland. Uh, yeah. And uh, we have few centers here to help anybody navigate this. So this is really important information. Um, is there any other websites or numbers that you could put out there for folks who are having trouble? Maybe if you had anything on hand. Sure. This one here, the one I was just speaking of, track, is tenants.bc.ca, and the tenant info line is 1-800-665-1185. Again, I'm going to say that number, and it's the tenant info line, 1-800-665-1185. And if you want to look online... And there's past cases, there's all kinds of resources on there. It's tenants.bc.ca. All right. Tenants.bc.ca. So there are a couple of helpful websites. Um, Also, at the end of the show here, we're going to be opening up the lines for the last 20 minutes. Elizabeth has been kind enough to say she'll stick around and answer some questions at the uh, rear end of the show here to see uh, if anybody has anything that could be helpful. So if you know anybody who's struggling right now with tenancy issues and would like to have a chance to ask some questions about it, uh, Get on the phone and phone your friends that you know if you have a problem yourself. At the end of the show, as I said, we'll be talking about that. So um, it is a very difficult, so we need to keep in mind the time limits. 
um, the, the time restrictions for appeals. We need to look at our rights for when we the landlord is allowed to evict us and the, when the landlord isn't allowed to evict us. And not just accept what papers they file towards us because, frankly, folks, they will pull some pretty shady stuff. I mean, there's some shady tenants out there, but there's some, some somewhat shady landlords as well. Hey, Elizabeth? Yes, and, you know, we are seeing so much of the renovations in that, and and unfortunately not just uh, private housing but um, government as well in terms of wanting to um, basically raise those rents, and, you know, whether it's redevelopment or what it is, and it is very unfortunate. Um, you know, we have definitely been um, working together with different organizations, ACORN, COPE, and trying to, again, get the government to step in and really work towards this housing and homelessness crisis. And one of those things is protecting the tenants further. Um, you know, we, we talk about uh, not only just the, the non-stop evictions that are happening for the purposes of, you know, raising those rents. And I get, you know, we definitely have a problem with that in B.C. and all over. But also with the health and safety, you know, we touched on, you know, the mold. And I think that tenants just think, oh, you know, I have to, you know, my landlord's not doing anything. There's nothing I can do. Well, as you mentioned, there is, and the rights of uh, landlords' rights of tenants with maintenance, they also have the avenue to apply for a dispute resolution with the RTB to try to push that landlord to um, live up to their um, obligation. Yeah, but when we get into that, we also have the fights of the residential tenancy is also quite a formidable opponent to have evidence. Uh, you know, you can't just uh, send in an application to residential tenancy and say, I've got mold in my place. This is what I've run into in the past. They don't take your word for it. You actually have to have some kind of evidence via a professional or someone to to back your statements. So keep this in mind as you're approaching these these issues as well, folks. <laughs> Pictures as well, and you can upload that into your case as well as emails. And, you know, be sure and, and give the landlord the opportunity. Send them an email. And if, it's, yes. if you write it, if it's something you're not doing it online and you write it in a letter or a maintenance repair request or whatever it is, Get a copy. Yes, and it is absolutely your obligation to notify the, the landlord of this issue, and until they don't do something about it or, you know, you, you, you need to keep a record of that, everyone, so that's very important. Yes, as well as every municipality most have what is called a bylaw for standards of maintenance for properties. And you can also call your bylaw and request um, a bylaw officer to come out and investigate if it's a serious concern with your um, site or unit being let go, and um, they can also help you. Well, that's wonderful news. We haven't used, utilized our bylaw officers up here for that so far. Yeah, and it's a very, you know, people don't realize that, but that's exactly it. And the bylaws can order, whether whether it's BC Housing, whether it's um, a nonprofit that's a partner, whether it's a private landlord, they can order them to do the repairs. 
Oh, well, that's that's good news. That's good news. Um, yeah. So, and these all add costs, trickle-down costs to our lives, right? I mean, we're talking about health issues here of mold. Uh, some people might not even realize that it's an issue until they become ill. So so what's someone to do when you're in a, a blind spot? Can, can you get medical information from your doctor? How's a person to go about this type of thing to... To find out well you know it is very difficult exactly to to find out but I have uh, also had a you know years ago one of my doctors was actually very vocal and involved in writing letters and writing emails and I've seen that with other cases as well because they are realizing just how dangerous it is with the mold, with um, asbestos from older buildings, or like people don't realize what lead paint can do when it's, you know, they're not maintained and it's continuing to be cracked and exposing, you know, mm-hmm. the fact or, or, or for that matter, lead pipes or old plumbing and, and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, what else can you think of at the moment that you could... Uh, bring up that would be helpful for folks as they're trying to navigate the residential tenancy? Um, at the moment, I'm sort of trying to, I was trying to see if I had any other things to, on the top of my head to discuss, but basically, I think one of the big concerns too is, you know, we have a lot of different uh, language barriers and things like that, and, you know, I think that people need to know that you know, help your friends, help if it's a family that doesn't speak the best of English and not help them out and let them know that they can request um, to have an interpreter present at their hearings. They don't need to be scared. Um, this is supposed to be for both landlords and tenants through the residential tenancy branch. But, you know, be sure and and just be there for them as this is such a serious issue and it isn't supposed to be something that you're just completely scared to even, um, you know, access and we do need to push and public awareness and push your, you know, talk to your MLAs and really push for more advocacy in helping people navigate the residential tenancy branch, as well as it was mentioned with the prior Minister of Housing, uh, Selena Robinson, that they were going to try to implement something, whether it was an online course or something, to really help people understand how to go about uh, the evictions and things like that. Yeah, because it is very frustrating. And when you say language, I mean, we could speak English and uh, still this is all foreign to us because we're used to speaking in a different way than, than frankly, the residential tenancy people who think they're judge, jury, and really are judge and jury. Um, yeah. You're dealing with them. You need to speak as you would speak as you go into a court. You need to have your evidence in line, um, a, a good grip of the different sections, like whether it be a harassing neighbor or a feeling of unsafety, uh, there there are all kinds of things, and the, the system is quite dysfunctional. Uh, Elizabeth, we got to take a quick break here, and we will come right back with you, or you're up for that, uh, correct? <laughs> okay, right on. And uh, we'll be talking, sorry, what was that? 
I just said talk with you soon. You betcha. We'll be back with more residential tenancy issues. And remember, we'll be opening the lines to people who may have some questions at the end of the show. If you enjoy music from way back in the 50s and 60s, like old-time rock and roll, doo-wop, and pop songs, join me, Eric Bennett, Saturdays from 4 to 6, and now is Wayback Radio, where I play the music you enjoy from yesteryears. And join me again on Sundays from 3 to 5 for The Coffee House, as I bring you an eclectic musical mix of folk genre artists and songwriters from past and present. I'll be glad to have you listening along for both shows, and it's only here on CFIS. iSpark is hiring a provincial coordinator for physical activity, training, and development. The successful candidate will work as a member of the Healthy Living Team, iSpark's provincial Fit Nation program supporting community leaders in providing accessible physical activity opportunities. Full application details for this full-time position are available at iSpark.ca. That's the Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council looking for a provincial coordinator, physical activity, training, and development. Application deadline is Friday. The IG Wealth Management Walk for Alzheimer's returns Sunday, May 29th. Gather your friends and family to celebrate and remember people in your lives who have been affected by dementia. Participate to raise valuable funds and bring us one step closer to a dementia-friendly BC. To read more about this year's Prince George honoree Diana Cork and how you can participate in or support the event, visit the Northern BC page to the Find a Walk link at alzgiving.ca. Forecast for Environment Canada, mainly cloudy this morning with showers, winds from the south at 20, becoming west 20, gusting to 50 near noon, a risk of thunderstorms this afternoon and a high of 11. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers early this evening, gusting west winds becoming light, clearing overnight, a low of 1 with a risk of frost, a mix of sun and cloud on Tuesday, wind becoming south 20 near noon and a high of 10. Welcome back, everyone. We are in the midst of Community Echoes, our afternoon radio show here on CFIS. We are speaking with Elizabeth Zabitnoff, who is with the BC Housing Alliance Group, who is uh, members and uh, collaborators with the BC Human Rights Organization. Thank you, Elizabeth, for being on the show with us here today. Thank you. Once again. So we're talking about landlord and tenants' rights and responsibilities and navigating the Residential Tenancy Act. There may be some folks out there who've been having trouble. Uh, Elizabeth's filled us in about a couple of places to go for resources. One is called TRAC, T-R-A-C-K. That's the Tenants' T-R-A-C, sorry. I apologize. Uh, Tenants Resource and Advisory Center, which you can look up on the internet or whatever. And there's also a Tenants Info Line, and that is at 1-800-665-1185. So, um, yeah, Elizabeth, there's uh, responsibilities that the landlord has. Uh, time-wise, date-wise, uh, rent-wise, that they seem to um, throw a bit of power over people. So being uh, knowledgeable of all this stuff is so very important. It is. And, you know, I, I did want to also mention, was one of the things that I spoke or thought of when we were on break, is one of the important things is, unfortunately, it costs $100 to file for a dispute resolution to have your, you know, to get a hearing for your um, eviction. Should you, you know, you know, you get an eviction notice, you know that it's really, it's not right. 
it's a fraudulent eviction or whatever, and you want to fight it, and the first thing is you have to pay this $100. Well, what people need to know, and especially, you know, people living in subsidized housing and vulnerable people, and all over, money's tight, is you can apply instantly online for a waiver. It is not... Um, Difficult. You'll just need your past tax, um, whatever your income was from the year prior and what you make now. And it's a very simple um, process and a form. Yes, I highly recommend that because that $100 is very cost prohibitive for anybody. So uh, anyone on disability, I will just put that out there, or uh, a low income, like you said, Take your tax papers or the ministry will give you a form that states uh, your income level, which you uh, submit when you go to the government office to file or through um, the Internet, which is where they're doing it nowadays, correct? Yes. Yeah, you used to go to the BC Access Centre here in Prince George. I'm not sure if they're still doing it that way. I believe you can physically file papers still, but it's it's... Quickest, speediest, and most uh, uh, efficient, and uh, easier, more uh, easier not to make mistakes by doing it over the internet. Yes, and just take your time, and you know, answer. It isn't like I said; it is not. So, if you take your time and maybe have a friend to help you, it um, you can uh, navigate it online to file and get. You know, there's a like a, again the calculator that tells you within so many days of how long you have to make sure you file and that. And so, there are a lot of helpful things on there. And if you are a person with a disability or uh, just in general have an illness that you have an excuse, you weren't able to make a timeline, there is one of the time frames that they, they demand. You can ask for an extension or what is that called? Um, Yes, there is also, you can, um, if, you know, there are extent, you know, certain um, situations that you can, um, get an extension. Now that is very, hmm, it's a very gray area, but also it must be something, whether it's a medical situation and you will have to provide, you know, yeah, 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 you definitely have yeah. to provide proof. It, it, it has worked in my favor before as mm-hmm. having a brain injury. I was supposed to take the letter to uh, somewhere to, oh, I was supposed to send it through to the residential tenancy. And what do I do? I go to the post office and mail it to my landlord. So between me leaving there and <laughs> it's a very stressful. Uh, they're open and honest. They're usually pretty good about uh, helping out there. But, you know, and, and that's interesting that you bring that up because a lot of times people um, eviction notice are posted on your door, which is really, I think, that's something that needs to change legislatively. Um, it needs should definitely be certified or hand delivered. Absolutely, um, it it does create a huge issue. I mean, to have something put in your mailbox or taped to your door, um, someone can easily take it. It can blow away. There's so many things that can happen uh, in that context. That uh, yes. It can cost to your home, and then you know, and that's something that really needs to change, and, and that's one of the things that hopefully, while we continue to do this and bring the public awareness and people going to their MLAs, their MPs, and, you know, let's uh, add, get those protections going as we know that it is just nonstop. We are known as the, 
eviction sort of capital right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Just even on even on the news this morning here, we were uh, I was on CTV News and CBC. There's a lot of talk about what they want to do on Broadway in Vancouver and the folks that are living down in that area. It's uh, yeah, it's very- I was seeing that as well and reading that last night. I uh, kudos to uh, the mayor down there that was trying to put more protection in for uh, the tenants that would be displaced should that go forward. And um, and that needs to happen. That should have been happening by now. Yes, yes. We uh, certainly don't know uh, the extent. I mean, we see the horrible situations down East Hastings and here within Prince George, within our own cities, people have some reason to think that everybody who's homeless is just some blatant drug addict or something, which is not the case whatsoever. Um, We're talking absolutely normal people being put out on the streets, facing rents that they can't afford. Um, beyond rent evictions, I mean, it's 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 just crazy, and I believe that the mis that the, the uh, totals of the homelessness are being misrepresented, because we're taking into account only the tent cities. We're not really talking about the people who are living in their cars, who are the working poor, and and uh, who live in trailers on the properties and backs of family and friends, there's probably twice as many homeless out there as we really, really see. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, definitely, you know, and like you say, the stereotype is very sad because, you know, a lot of these tenants have been displaced, whether, like, and because they cannot afford the rent or because of rent eviction, and now they can't, find a place that they can afford and and you know it, it's it being kids we're seeing it i watched a family in subsidized housing with four kids and one of them six months old and the other one was oh gosh two and you know and all suddenly just lost their home and it was not a a valid uh, eviction, and it was unfortunate. You're at the mercy of, like you said, judge and jury with the arbitrators, with the RTB, and there needs to be more um, policy put in place and more protection. And education, so people actually are able to get in to learn about these systems, because, my God, I've been trying to learn this stuff for, like, 10 years, and it's it's very difficult, very difficult. Well, Elizabeth, we got to take another quick break, and then we'll be back, and we'll be talking some more, as well as opening up the lines to some folks to uh, speak to these issues, if they care to. Explore practices that support the successful engagement of skilled volunteers June 29th through Vantage Point. With engaging skilled volunteers, you'll learn how to plan for, attract, and engage skilled volunteers or knowledge philanthropists in your work. Registration and full details are available through the calendar link under training at thevantagepoint.ca. Connect with the abundance of talent in your community. Engaging skilled volunteers, Tuesday, June 9th from 9 to noon through thevantagepoint.ca. From the war app. Did you know that a second of fun in the wrong place could change your life forever? My name is Rebecca, and I lost my leg in a boating accident. Lots of kids in our child amputee program have their own stories. Now, we help kids to play safe. Take from us. Accidents can happen to anyone, anywhere. Watch the war amps play safe video at waramps.ca. Play safe. 
Vantage Point is transforming not-for-profit leadership with a host of downloadable resources. Check out their Executive Director Position Description Toolkit. Use this template as a building block to create a job description that encapsulates your organization's mission, future, priorities, and desired leadership competencies. This valuable toolkit is available through the Downloadable Resources page under Media at thevantagepoint.ca. Downloadable resources for your not-for-profit organization. Another way Vantage Point is transforming not-for-profit leadership. Forecast for Environment Canada, mainly cloudy this morning with showers, winds from the south at 20, becoming west 20, gusting to 50 near noon, a risk of thunderstorms this afternoon and a high of 11. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers early this evening, gusting west winds becoming light, clearing overnight, a low of 1 with a risk of frost, a mix of sun and cloud on Tuesday, wind becoming south 20 near noon and a high of 10. Hello, everyone. We're back with Community Echoes. We're just starting this show, so we're <laughs> we're a little bit not quite regulated on how our breaks go. We're trying to do a 2020-20 show here, but we braked a little early there, but that's okay. And uh, we'd said we're going to do a phone-in, so I just want everybody to know that the number to call in is 250-562-2347. That's 250 Two three four seven. Hey Elizabeth, how are you doing? Hi, good. Good, good. Good to be back. I hope we get some call-ins. And yeah, yeah, I hope so. But up until then, why don't we just have a little bit of a talk more about how things are on the coast? It's pretty treacherous down there. They just uh, were saying how this one two-bedroom bungalow somewhere down there, borderline Vancouver Burnaby, was going for one point five. Well, last September when I was in Victoria. There was a place across from my friend's house, which was the same thing, basically a teardown of a home with property, and they wanted $1.6 million. So, yeah, man, oh, man. Wish was able to get into the real estate market about eight years ago, and we'd be pretty flush now, hey? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's uh, there really needs to be, um, again, the public has got to step up more and get involved. And, and um, you know, when we're having our, you know, not to go back to when it's um, um, housing, but it seems to be, I mean, we know the wait lists, we know the different things and, you know, the redevelopments and that, but we really need to be ensuring that we are, um, if we're densifying, that we really are building affordable housing. Um, it's unfortunate that we continue to see, uh, you know, a definition of um, non-market, but not specifics in how much those rents will be, um, what portion of the buildings will you know, have the certain amounts of rents, but also in looking at the contracts and that is I've done a lot of um, research and looking at these redevelopments with the social housing, it seems to be that they're only um, in place for about 10 years. And so what happens then after 10 years, Um, you know, and uh, things like that, questions that need to be answered. That's right. We need some philosophical, philanthropic or philanthropist landlords out there to start and realize and give some people a break. I mean, geez, how does a person, a young person even start out these days? They're barely able to to get uh, pay rent on a place, let alone purchase a place. So does this open it up for banks? And oh my goodness, it's just a, it's just a really bad system to 
It is, and you know, I mean, not to bring it up, but we have to go there. And you know, we're looking at um, the problems with the real estate and everything, and the the you know the prices of the land, and we're you know we're, we've got the coal commission with the money laundering and all these different things in BC that really is concerning. And as citizens, we do have a right to stand up and voice our concerns and really follow and find out what what is the problem and what can we do and join together to fix this, the drug crisis, the housing crisis. We have so many things. Look at the prices of gas. Look at everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and now, once again, I mean, I hate to say it, but an ICBC claim was one of the few things that a person could maybe get ahead on. And now they've converted that system to a WCB like no fault where you're unable to get legal help, uh, whatever. And you're at the mercy of this multi giant corporation. And it seems it's as unaccessible as the residential tenancy board is to the average Joe. It is, and you know, there's been situations where it just seems like any avenue that, you know, in right now I'm with a, a fellow tenant and advocate with our group, and that, that is in the middle of ABC Human Rights. Um, case with the tribunal and even that and she uh, has tried to get help navigating that it just seems that anything you know there there doesn't seem to be a lot of transparency with these issues as well as then when you go to use what is supposed to be resources for the citizens of of Canada to be and BC to be able to you know, fight for your rights, you're getting roadblocked there. Oh, absolutely. That's concerning. And it doesn't seem to matter what it is, whether, as you say, with the work safe, whether it's with um, the BC Human Rights Tribunal, and not enough, you know, she phoned out the BC uh, Human Rights, um, what is it, it is like a clinic, and and she couldn't get help through there, and, oh, we're too busy, we're too busy. And, and you know, these are things that are just impossible. Meanwhile, the landlords have lawyers, and, you know. And you uh, have time constraints to actually be filing these papers and stuff. Exactly, and it's confusing, and it's, you know, it's one of the things in reading, you know, government uh, in putting out their instruction or, or their procedures, it is very difficult sometimes to, it just seems that there's too many questions. It's like, oh, well, what did they mean by that? And who do you call to ask? Exactly. And then when you do phone them and get through to them, it's like, well, we can't give you advice. They no, literally exactly. say that to you. you branch and it's very frustrating. It, well, it, the super frustrating thing was I would, because um, I've been dealing with landlord tenancy issues for, for quite a while myself, and uh, I would go down and I would try to file them down at the BC uh, Access Centre here, which is the way it was before the it started to become online. That's how long I've been dealing with these issues. And uh, they would 
say, well, we can't tell you or uh, we don't give information here, phone the residential tenancy. And of course, I have a brain injury, so I would take that and I would go and I would phone the residential tenancy and then they'd say, well, we can't give you advice. So you've got one hand of the government telling you to phone the other hand of the government for advice that the other hand of the government doesn't give advice and never has. So no. so you're you're frustrated doubly by dealing with this um here we'll help you but no we're not gonna so so it becomes uh, unsurmountable roadblocks to to be dealing with these so let's break it down here for now we've got to the point where we need to keep really good track of our records it's hard for people but by all means journal all of your uh uh in what do you want to call it uh Ah, oh, darn, I'm such a bad at getting words. And maintenance or any yes, of your... Yes, any of your maintenance stuff, any of your talking to your landlord, every time you speak to them, take note of that. Um, yeah. You are, and I was told by a residential tenancy person, you are allowed to record your landlord. If you've yeah. got some kind of an issue and you're trying to prove something and you've got no proof... Uh, you are allowed to bring, uh, if they don't know that they're being recorded, it doesn't matter, the person told me. The fact that you have a recording of them speaking, saying against something that they're claiming, is a wonderful piece of evidence to take in. Uh, so what are some other things that you can think of that would be advantageous, Elizabeth? Yes, you're right. Document, document, document. I say that to everybody because it is key, and it is unfortunate, but we have to do it. And, um, you know, when it, with not only that, with um, whether it's just constant threats of eviction, whether it's anything, anything to do with your landlords, you know, take pictures of anything with the repairs and maintenance. When you're speaking with the bylaws, when you're speaking with um, whether it's your council and that, just document it. And, you know, if it's an issue, if you are living in housing, and I continue to go back to that because I'm familiar with most of that as I've lived in um, subsidized social housing for 15 years. And um, just be sure to, you know, if you have a a situation where you're not able to um, get through with your, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it be BC housing, there is a complaint process. And especially like with BC Housing, um, you can file again online. Um, I'm sure as well with the cities and municipalities, there are, there's always a way. Don't give up and document. Absolutely. Document pictures and recordings if you're able to get them. Just keep that in mind because a lot of people think that a recording isn't, um, uh, counted as part of evidence if the other person doesn't know it's being recorded and I found out that that is absolutely not true that you are able to to uh, do that so definitely definitely do that so I'll just reiterate here I've got Elizabeth Zbitnoff on the line she is with uh, the uh, Housing Alliance BC Housing Alliance group and they're part of the BC Human Rights Organization so we've got her here in uh, well not on the studio but on the phone and you can call up and ask her questions if you have something specific that you're interested in uh, asking her the number is 250 
562-2347 here on the radio. Steve would be glad to answer and uh, check it out. Steve, did you, you got the mic up there. Did you have something you're interested in saying? Well, what I was interested in saying is um, the way the, uh, how the price of housing is mm-hmm. to buy a home, it's so high. And now that they're building new um, rental units and stuff like that, does that reflect on the price of housing to uh, raise that rent higher than it normally should be? In terms of the new development, you mean? Well, you get new development coming out now, like, say, in Prince George, and they're building these little rental units, and, you know, like for a small two-bedroom rental unit, they're charging fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a month. Right. And that's really high. Mm-hmm. It is, and, you know, we talk about, excuse me, with uh, people on disability, and, you know, I mean, the amount of money that you receive, a single person is uh, $325 a month to pay your rent. That's your rent allowance. Um, So, you know, that's another side of um, pushing with the government in terms of there has to be, there are some avenues. Half of of what their rent is? Pardon? Less. So you're saying 300, what was it, $362? $325 is your housing um, allowance that you're given if you're disabled or on income assistance and that. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about that, and I know that it did just pass that they are looking at readdressing after they had said they were going to just leave those. um, They weren't going to increase... um, that amount at all, which, you know, let's face it, a lot of people are making just meager, we're living below below, below poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, fig- you figure... Developments that are just atrocious, and no way do people have a chance. Well, that's what the mayor in Vancouver is trying to do from what I caught on the news this morning, is he's trying to make guarantees from these people that are doing the developments that the same people will be put back into these spaces. Uh, after they're developed, he figures that they will probably be smaller, but they uh, would expect the people who are doing the developments to subsidize the people's rent, is what he's getting at, as well as guaranteeing that they have a spot in the space when it is reopened. So, I mean, that's a pretty big ask. But they did say that um, the rent would be the same or or a little higher. Yeah, yeah, for the people coming out there. Yes, that's what he's pushing for. Gives them that leeway there. But mm -hmm. go ahead, Elizabeth. Oh yeah, no. I was. I. It's funny. I was just reading about this. So I think we all read the same thing last night and this morning. And yeah, exactly. And but the developer seems very opposed to it, and they seem to think that then it's sounding like, well, we can't afford to do the continue up with the maintenance costs and all the different things. And so you know, but this is something that's been going on for years, and it does need to be addressed. There has to be more avenues. And it's just, it's completely out of control, and we wonder why the, you know, housing and homeless crisis, and we know it's all related, and it does end up, people do end up self-medicating and things like that, and it does turn in and attribute as well to the drug crisis why we're going in a negative direction. So it, it does all surround housing. Well, what happened to the story I saw that 
down there, they're building these small little housing units. They're like little, almost like little garden houses, right? Yeah, I saw something on that as well, and then I saw that one of them was kind of kiboshed and it wasn't going forward now, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, they seem to be focusing a lot on with, um, I've seen with um, the single uh, SROs, the single resident occupancy, or more of a, but it doesn't seem to be a permanent solution. No, and so you know, there's so many things that we could get into and talk about, and definitely, I think that we should continue this uh, talk and continue to be getting this out, and and it should be interesting to see what happens and what changes are made uh, once that uh, colon commission report does come out, and hopefully, it does um, change something because something has to give, obviously. You know, people can't afford definitely to buy, but now we're at a point where people aren't even able to rent. Well, pretty much does it seem that this is beyond the government's capability and it's up to private business to start and take over these um, developments of properties to to make, like trailer parks or these little single-unit homes? Uh, that seems to be the way that perhaps the future may, may well work. And, I mean, you're dealing with people with fixed incomes, so you're guaranteed your rents. Mm-hmm. There was a development in the North Shore that was going to happen, and and it was something like they would develop this properties, and they had the spaces to rent, and then you would move in when they were complete, and your first two years of the rent in these spaces, it was in North Van, I believe, uh, would go to the purchase price as a down payment, and then you would continue and and they were pre-selling these units. Have you, did you hear of that, Elizabeth? Wasn't that the uh, First Nation? Uh, no, I don't the believe so. Hmm. Wasn't, wasn't it the Capilano? Uh, read up on that. Yeah. And, you know, there's been so much. I think we all know it's it's nonstop and and definitely in the last uh, uh, few years and continuing with the uh, nonstop talk of housing and articles and trying to to keep up and read everything and it's just oh there's so much. Well, there's so many ideas I would imagine that get put out there that are just unfeasible for people to try to to do and. Uh, so back on on track though here we were speaking of residential tenancy issues and uh, the difficulties so once again if there's anyone out there that feels like they'd like to call in with a question it's 250-562-2347 for Elizabeth Zabitnoff who is a uh, residential tenancy I'm going to put you down as an expert my dear how's that sound Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so come on, guys. We know we got problems here. Expert, but, you know, I definitely, I'm. if I don't know the answer, I will find it. It's one of those. <laughs> I will commit to finding it. And I'll vouch for that. I, I believe that you had actually been very helpful for when I've spoken to you. So so just to, to reiterate a little bit more, we've got, uh, so Steve, we still got time. Are we right up to the end of the hour? Or? We're just finishing Oh, we're going right through here. So um, once again, I just would like to uh, put the names of some agencies that can help folks with residential tenancy issues. Uh, that's TRAC, T-R-A-C, and that's the Tenants Resource and Advisory Center, as well as the Tenants Info Line. 
And that's 1-800-665-1185. And we will be going over these issues of uh, need and talking about them on the shows every Monday. Uh, It's a new show that we've just developed. We're in our third week here. And uh, we'd really like to open up the back end 20 minutes to open line uh, comments from from the public. So please, by all means, on Monday from 1 to 2 p.m., remember that last 20 minutes is is open for your questions that you might have. And the number is 250-562-2347. So what else, Elizabeth, can you uh, think that might be of of help for folks that are stuck in this conundrum other than studying and and understanding um, what your problem is, I guess, is the biggest issue? And to realize that you are so not alone and there are so many others out there and probably if you're living in um, complexes and and that uh, that they're probably going through the same scenarios, talk to you. You know, I think uh, we get so busy and we just... uh, Neighbors, it's amazing the support for each other. If it's happening, you know, at you know, I've seen it. I think we've all seen the stories and that on Alma Blackwell and uh, on social media and on Facebook and in the news with um, going through. You know, when when there's a rent eviction, if you're going through it, then obviously your whole complex is going through it. So band together, uh, call your MLAs, you know, call your cities, get them involved, your municipalities, excuse me, and uh, council and, and mayors, and don't be afraid to ask the tough questions, organize meetings, join your local um, ACORN um chapter, um, you know, meet with them, find the support, it is out there. What what is Acorn? Just out of curiosity, I'm I'm not familiar with that. Acorn Canada it's it's a national um, uh, group that basically focuses on working for change with and working for people that are you know of all with legislation and things like that and and launching campaigns. One of the ones with BC Acorn right now is a campaign to. Uh, educate and get step in with the MLAs and the MPs to push the government to actually, again, look further into um, we are funding what is not affordable housing. And that is taxpayers' dollars, as we know. That's out of all of our pockets. And it needs to be addressed. And so BC Acorn has launched a huge campaign with educating and getting that out as as well as I know they've met with um, our Minister of Housing and AG, uh, David Eby. And, you know, just basically the more, it's amazing what um, groups with numbers and that can do if we need and want change. And it's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah, so So, you you yourself were saying to me that you are uh, soon meeting with uh, Mike Farnsworth, is that correct? To yes, he did meet with the Deputy Premier there and um, the Minister of Public Safety, and we spoke with him a couple of weeks ago and uh, about the housing, and one of the things that we really focused on was uh, we've got some a lot of places, whether it's doing a redevelopment or a retrofit, they call it, and like basically like renovations, but just the safety features and things that are in place for, you know, if they're doing these uh, 
retrofits, they're opening up walls, replacing windows, things like that, where you're disturbing mold. And with the tenants being there, it is putting them at risk. And so that's one of the issues that we discussed was that uh, this should have most likely been um, orchestrated beforehand that these units would all need to be mold uh, inspected and that um, not just looked at where it was basically in the report so that they just sort of eyeballed it kind of thing and they didn't look at all the units and we have to really work on the protecting people and and so that was one of the issues that we discussed as well as we have addressed um, an email. It's actually been a year now to um, the Minister of Housing, David Eby, because of his meeting with BC Acorn in a forum there and he discussed how they were getting away from social housing. And what does that mean? So people that are on disability, people that are on um, income assistance and things like that, if they're getting away from it, well, what does that mean for that? Because of many of the people that are homeless, that's what they need. Absolutely. So we haven't gotten those answers back. We also discussed in the email about the rent evictions, and a lot of times we're seeing it where uh, you have to go through your yearly review to make sure that you do qualify for the housing that you're in. But unfortunately, one of the things that are happening is um, the landlords and nonprofits that are in partnership there and being funded seem to, uh, the communication just ends. And you don't know why they're not responding or what you're missing or what you need. And then you get an eviction notice. And it just seems to be um, very concerning that we're pushing more and more vulnerable out into the streets via what I see as fraudulent evictions that way. And that's why, again, back to the documentation, document, document, document. Yes, and learning your rights and responsibilities as well as your landlord's responsibilities. I mean, it's good to know these things, and it is a pretty interesting read. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. You know, in reading the Residential Tenancy Act, too, I think everybody's like, oh, gosh, there's no way I can sit down and read an act, which is our laws and that. And and you know what? It is actually, if you take your time and, you know, maybe do it with a friend and help and talk about it and discuss it and look up the guidelines that coincide and explain it in depth. And it's much, much easier. And, again, with the track, is huge for all of these issues, the Tenants Advisory Center there. Tenants Resource Advisory Center? Yeah. Yeah. Track TRAC. That, that's awesome. Yes. So it is so important. Know your rights. Know that when you get that eviction notice, there's a good chance that it isn't the end of the road. Uh, if you're nervous to phone residential tenancy or you have difficulty communicating about these things, you can go online and and uh, just type in BCRTO and I would highly suggest uh, going to uh, Landlord Tenants Rights and Responsibilities. It is a major, major uh, good read. It, it will help you understand more clear. And then after you do that, go to the timeline definition. Apparently they've upgraded the site so it's it's not the horror show that it once was. And um, keep records. 
photos, recordings, uh, journaling when you had incidents is all very important to the process. Exactly, and don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call your MLA or go into their office or call your um, bylaws, anything. Just, you know, they're all human, and they're here. You know, we've elected these officials to help us. So, you know, use use that those, those uh, resources and make sure you're living in healthy homes. Absolutely. And if you have any trouble getting through or speaking with any of these people, we are going to be here from 1 to 2 p.m. on Mondays on CFIS, Phyllis and I, and we would like to hear your concerns or your difficulties about trying to navigate these things. We weren't able to uh, reel in any callers today, but that doesn't mean that there was no issues that someone might might not be calling about. So, so by all means, when you're keeping your journal, keep track of all of your uh, tries to talk to bylaws, MLAs, and keep record of your uh, um, experiences with these folks as well so that we can continue to communicate about the gaps within the system. Exactly. Well, thank you yeah. for today. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on. I super appreciate it, and I'm I'm looking forward to 